Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, it's a privilege to be able to introduce a speaker today. He is more than a speaker. He's a friend of Cornerstone Church. And he's been a come up, he's become a friend of Laurie and myself, I guess, about five, five and a half, almost six years ago. Where really, I guess, we first met, we came into the district, we crossed over the Young Street line, and we came into the Eastern Ontario District. Uh, Pastor Craig Burton at that time was uh, the Eastern Ontario Pentecostal Assemblies District Superintendent. And since then, he has changed portfolio just recently to become the General Secretary Treasurer of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. But uh, we were thrilled. Pastor Brett, myself, had made the connection before that took place. And so he, he agreed to come today for a special day of ordination service. If, in case you're ignorant of what's happening today, uh, first of all, if nothing gave you a clue, Pastor Brett, stand up. If nothing gave you a clue, look at how he's dressed. He's got a suit on. So that should have led you to believe something's up today. He's all dressed up. New shoes, new suit, what is going on? Well, this is a special day. It's an ordination service. presents two years of him being with us, two years of full-time ministry, which qualifies him for ordination. And so we're thrilled to have Pastor Craig Burton to come and to share from the Word this morning and to lead us in that. Would you give him a warm welcome? Thank Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It's a great joy to be with you today and to have uh, the privilege of leading through a ordination ceremony for you, Pastor Brett. Um, Yeah, have you ever had a morning that's been all about you before? Okay, well, it is kind of about you, but it's going to be focused on the call of the Lord and His purposes in our lives. But I think I can say, on behalf of our family here today, uh, how much we love and appreciate you. And, um, you know, I'm listening to the references to the launch for the fall season, uh, the activities, the ministries of uh, Aurora Cornerstone to meet, meet this community. And I'm just reminded of the various reports and stories that come our way as we hear about the great things that are happening in the lives of people through the ministries of local churches. And haven't we all been through quite an experience over the last couple of years with the doors closing and being online and... Uh, Some communities, you know, didn't even notice that the church had closed its doors. It was a non-issue. And sadly, those churches are struggling now as they open their doors. And, you know, Jesus said that we should go into all the world. So with respect, he didn't say, build a beautiful church building and open the doors at 10 o'clock. He said, go into the world and do what? Not just preach the gospel, but make disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So it's the engagement with the community that is really the call that Jesus has issued to each of us as his followers. So I'm just so thankful to hear about all that's being accomplished and all that you're planning for this fall. You know, I was talking to one of our pastors, uh, Mark Goring, pastors at church in Regent Park. How many know where Regent Park is? Right downtown Toronto. 
And over the years, uh, Mark and his wife Kim have been feeding people in that community. On a Saturday afternoon at about 4 o'clock, they begin and they'll feed 350 people in three sittings uh, into a Saturday evening. And about three years ago, just before the pandemic hit, Mark and Kim began to hold a Saturday night church service for people that would like to get up from the meal and come over for uh, a little a little service. It wasn't uh, too big a deal. It was casual. It was light. Because many of these people would have absolutely no church background whatsoever. How many know we have a culture in, in our churches, in our Christian lives? We say things a certain way. We conduct ourselves a certain way. And sometimes people coming from a uh, completely non-church background, they don't have any context for what we say or what we do, wearing a suit on Sunday morning, like we see being fashioned here in the front row. People have no idea. They don't know what to do, what to say, how to act. So Mark and Kim began to hold these, these uh, little church services, and the vast majority of the people who came for food would just turn and they wrote the door, which was fine, which was fine. They were there to meet the needs of the community, but then they... They've been experiencing growth now in this, um, in this church that they began. So right in the thick of the pandemic, Mark discovered that what he was doing in downtown Toronto was deemed to be an essential service. And so they did not have to stop preparing those meals, serving those meals, and feeding all of these folks that they, that they care for in the community. And so they would have the meals, but then no church. Everybody had to leave. Well, there's a gentleman named Ross who would go back to his apartment and began to watch that little church service online. He wouldn't come personally, but he went home and he began to watch it online. And wouldn't you know that during the pandemic, Ross gave his heart to Jesus and accepted him as his personal Lord and Savior. And so now that they are allowed to meet again, Ross has become one of the key people involved in the church. He's helping others. He's working with people. He's volunteering to help with the dinners. And he is himself being discipled in the faith. It's just one example of the difference we can make when we posture ourselves and say to our community, is there anything we could do for you? Anything we could do to serve a need or to help you. The thing about that question is we have to be ready to respond because people are going to have things that they need and there may be times that we just cannot do something. But what an opportunity for us to posture ourselves for the benefit of others. Isn't that true? So we gather this morning to worship the Lord, to receive uh, reminders of the truths of Scripture to be strengthened, encouraged, trained, equipped. And then the church is going to leave the church, and we're going to be the church. This week, this week, maybe we, could, maybe we could ask that question of people that we come in contact with. Is there anything that I could do for you? You know, I'm part of a great church family over here on Industrial Parkway, I don't know if you've ever been to church before, but you know, is there anything our church could maybe do for you? Be careful, Pastor. Start asking that kind of a question. You know what's going to happen? People are going to respond and say, well, now that you mention it, I know that's your heart. I know that's in the DNA of ACC. I know it has been since the earliest days. And uh, friends, we're on a journey, aren't we, as we come out of this 
out of this pandemic season. You know, about 70% of attendees from pre-COVID have come back to church. About 70% on the average. And that would include an online audience as well. But the sad statistic is that about 30% of the people that were a part of churches pre-COVID have simply stopped attending. I don't know where they are. It's quite a thing, really. It's quite a statistic. It makes us all stop and ask the question, are we really making disciples? We're doing lots of good things. We have lots of great activities and events, and that's all good. But Jesus said, make disciples. Don't just make disciples. Make disciples who then make disciples who then make disciples, right? That we would be on mission as individual people, empowered by the Spirit of God, the truth of God's Word on our lips, doesn't mean we have to be preaching a sermon to people, but how about sharing with them, let me tell you what the Lord's done for me. We talked about that during worship. That's called a testimony, a personal testimony, and boy, that's powerful. When you can share what the Lord's done for you, and you're doing that in relationship with somebody you work with or go to school with or connect with in your neighborhood, friends, never underestimate the value and the power of your testimony being shared with others. So may the Lord help us and guide us as we move forward together. It's a new day, if you will, and yet a day of great opportunity. Well, Pastor Brett, you are a credential holder. We issue credentials in our Pentecostal family, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, which is a collection of about 1,200 congregations across Canada. Aurora Cornerstone is one of those congregations in affiliation because we are on mission together to reach our nation with the good news of Jesus Christ. And around the world, through the missional engagement of global workers serving, and uh, I thank God for the opportunity that we can have to make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth, as Jesus said, in the power of the Spirit. One of the things that we do as a Pentecostal family is we issue what we call credentials. The root of the word credential is credere. It's a Latin word that means trust. Trust. It's the same word at the root of credit. You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody this morning have credit? Of course you do. People have credit. We have credit. We have loans. We have credit cards. The bank is not going to give you credit if they don't trust you. It's the same root. Now, nobody's perfect, but in our Pentecostal family, we issue credentials, which means a person who is credentialed with the PAOC has a measure of training and education. They have submitted themselves to become accountable to others for such things as uh, their doctrine that they would uh, adhere to and would teach and promote, and also various lifestyle standards that we would believe uh, to be essential and necessary for people in full-time vocational, and in this case today, pastoral ministry. So Pastor Brett, you're not perfect, you're close. But credentialing is about offering a church family a measure of confidence in the men and women that you have placed your trust in to serve you and to lead you. 
And the credential of being ordained is the highest grade of ministry credential within the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And today it's this ordination ceremony that we are all going to be a part of in just, in just a few moments. The word ordination among us means to establish, to establish a servant leader among us. But you know, in reality, the Lord has already established Pastor Brett. He's already ordained him with a calling and purpose over his life. And really the best we can do today is acknowledge what the Lord has already done. Friends, it's important for all of us to understand that we have each been chosen and called by the Lord as individual people. Can I remind you of what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9? He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. He called you, friend, out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Does it encourage you to be reminded that you are called by the Lord, that you are on this earth because the Lord has determined and designed for it to be so, that he has called you into light, into relationship with him, into relationship with each other? Peter said we're called into the mercy of God. Thank God for that truth. When what we deserve is judgment for our sin, Peter says, oh, God's called you into mercy. And your acceptance and response to his grace has provided you with the floodgates of mercy that God provides. We're a chosen people. We're called collectively. We're all called to be that. David talks about this in Psalm 139 as well. He says to the Lord, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And then he says this, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All of my days, David said, ordained for me. Each of our lives has great significance. Each of us is called of God into relationship with him and into relationship with each other in the family of God. And my friend, your life has purpose. Your life has a divine design Yes, the Lord has a plan. And yes, as we submit to him and talk to him and follow the promptings of the Spirit day by day, moment by moment, we can accomplish everything that the Lord has for us in terms of blessing, purpose, and opportunity. Amen. There are also some biblical examples of 
individual people experiencing God's specific call to specific groups of people in specific circumstances. And uh, the, the call of God, as we describe it, in the life of a minister, a pastor, a teacher, a global worker, a missionary, a person who's a vocational minister of the gospel, this call over their lives, it, it often includes the element of time and place and purpose and plan. Sometimes the Lord will deliver all the details of his calling in a, a woman or man's life, all at, all at once. It's, it's all provided instantly. Other times it's a journey of taking steps. And um, the details kind of come over time as, as we walk in alignment with God's purposes and plans. But usually this call of God contains some very specific elements of, of service and memorable components to it. Do you, do you remember in the scriptures how, how Paul literally knocked Saul off his donkey in a lightning bolt experience and called him, called him specifically to serve him, Saul becoming Paul. Remember how, how Moses was attracted to a burning bush that was not consumed by flame and the Lord spoke to Moses out of that burning bush and called him out of a life of peace and tranquility <laughs> into a life of purpose and plan and design. How about Jonah? He heard the call of God clearly and he did everything in his power to run and then sail in the opposite direction to get away from what he knew the Lord was asking him to do. The scriptures are filled with dramatic examples of women and men being called by the Lord to do certain things for certain reasons at certain times. And today the call of God, it may not always be as 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 dramatic as that, but it's no less significant. See, God's call is always significant, especially for the person to whom he's speaking. Have you, have you had the Lord just tap you on the heart and say, I am asking something of you? That dominant impression in your thought life, in your spirit, you know that prompting that doesn't go away. You know it's not an idea. It's not something you've conjured up in your thoughts. It's actually the work of the spirit to say, I'm, I'm asking you to do something for me. Have you, have you sensed that kind of a prompting for a decision? How about for surrendering your, your life to something that God's, that God's asking of you? Jesus is the one who issues this call. He issues the summons. He issues the invitation. And this invitation, this call of God that we're talking about this morning is, first of all, to obey him, to be his disciple. Secondly, it's to trust in him with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. To really believe that Jesus is not going to lead me into a place of difficulty and distress. He's going to look after me. He's going to help me. If I do this, I know I can depend on him. It's a call to follow 
me. As Jesus said to his disciples, would you leave your nets and follow me? Would you be willing to trust me if you will? You won't catch fish anymore. We're going to go catch people. How many of you will follow me? And it's, a, it's an invitation to serve people. The call of God is about serving others. It's a posture of seeing everybody else as the focus of energy and attention and purpose. Pastor Brett, it's all about everybody else today. As you posture yourself like Jesus did as a servant leader, the call of God. There's so much we could say on a very special morning like this. But Pastor Brett, three things I just want to invite you to take to heart. First of all, you are being called to, to Jesus. You've certainly been called by Jesus, but I would submit to you this morning you're being called to him. You're being called to a loving relationship with God's son. He is your savior. He's also the Lord of the church, but he's, he's your savior. The Bible calls him your elder brother, your shepherd, your bishop, your high priest. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the door. He's the captain of your salvation. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. There may be times when people will fail you, when a church may hurt you. When a district ministry or national fellowship may disappoint you. As much as I love people, churches, and our fellowship, our, our Pentecostal family isn't, isn't perfect. Please remember that the call of God is first and foremost a call to serve and obey the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. Stay in love with Jesus, Brett. Trust him. Talk to him. Listen to him. Because being called into ministry was not your idea. It was Jesus' idea. <laughs> Stay close to him. He's the one who's gotten you into this. Praise God. The call of God is a call to a person. Secondly, the call of God is a call to rely on the power that he provides, his power. Jesus' power is available to us when we preach and speak the word of God. And his power is also available to us by the presence of the Spirit in our lives as individual disciples and followers of the Lord. Of course, the Bible is God's unchanging authority. Brett, preach the word. God's word. You're going to be amazed at the winds of doctrine that blow in and blow out, the trends, the fads, the theological emphases that surface and subside, the waves of change, if you will. Sometimes they bring blessing to the body of Christ, and sometimes they threaten the body of Christ and actually just confuse people. The constant source of Jesus' power is God's unchanging holy word. 
And if you exegete the scriptures and base your messages on that solid foundation, believing that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, then you will always know the power of Jesus in and through your ministry. Pastor Brett preached the word. And the second source of, of the Lord's power is the presence of the Holy Spirit who accompanies us in both the preparation of a message and also in the delivery of a message. The Spirit is your teacher. He will testify to you about himself. He will testify to you about Jesus, about the truths of the Godhead. The Spirit of God will illuminate the Lord Jesus to you as you apply truth to people. The Spirit of God is the one who draws people to Jesus. Often we talk about the work of the Spirit in the life of the believer. Thank God for that. But friends, one of the greatest things the Spirit of God does is works in the lives of unbelievers who do not yet know the Lord. He is the one who convicts them of sin, draws them into a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Through the power of, yes, the preaching of the word through a formal sermon, but also, as we talked about a little earlier, those little mini messages that we share when we talk to people about the things that the Lord has done for us, as we share our testimonies, as we share scriptures and things that God's done for us. The Spirit of God accompanies those things and has a wonderful way of drawing people. That's powerful, friends, in this day and age powerful to see people's lives impacted and changed as they just can't forget what you said to them that day when they really needed someone to encourage them. Jesus told us, the spirit of God that I am sending to you, he will testify about me. He will testify about me, the power of the spirit of God. So, Pastor Brett, as you prepare and study, the Spirit is with you. He's an active participant. He will reveal truth to you. He's going to highlight things. He's going to identify things. He's going to give you insight, powerful insight. And he's going to help you in the application of God's word to your, your hearers. And it's in that application of truth that life change takes place. Friend, have you ever had the experience of listening to someone minister and talk about a passage of Scripture that you're very, very familiar with? All of a sudden, there's a truth, an application, and you go, you know, I've read that a hundred times, and I never saw that before. Anybody ever had that experience? Where, I never saw look at that word there. I never saw that word before. I never saw that before. You know, this work of application that the Spirit does is a very powerful, powerful thing. Pastor Brett, expect the gifts of the Spirit to operate in and through your ministry. Dropping into your heart things that you didn't plan for, prepare for, and yet in the power of the Spirit, you declare them prophetically, declaring truth and finding people responding and accepting and receiving the ministry of the Word in the power of the Spirit. And of course, the preaching event is the little tip of the iceberg that's what people see, but nobody sees the nine-tenths beneath the surface. All the work, all the effort, all the study, all the praying, all of the stuff beneath the water. 
Be faithful in preparation, Pastor Brett. Do the good work. Do the hard work. It's the nine-tenths that nobody else will ever see. Great communicators spend time doing the, the hard work that nobody ever sees. So this call of God that we're talking about this morning is a call, first of all, to Jesus, and it's a call to the power of the Lord through the power of the Spirit. And then thirdly, and, and this is the last thing I'll share this morning, this is a call to the purposes of Jesus. It's a call to what he has told us is important. The call of God over your life actually actually began before you were ever born. Psalm 139, David said that every day for him had been ordained before one of them ever came to be. You know, we could say this morning that in the providence of God, in the foreknowledge of Almighty God, his call was in place before you were born, foreordained foreordained, confirmed on the day that you decided to receive and accept Jesus' love and to become a follower of Jesus. Then you began to grow in wisdom and stature and in understanding and God's grace became fully manifested in your life. See, God in his sovereignty has always been in control. He has had all of the who's and the what's and the where's and the when's and the why's of kingdom activity all figured out. God in his providence and foreknowledge has been guiding you, directing you. It's all mixed in with your DNA, your spiritual gifts, your education, your experiences, your skills, your strengths, and even your weaknesses. Areas that you know you need to grow in. None of us is good at it all. And even those things the Lord has prepared and allowed for. And, you know, he brings it all together into who you are. Prepared by him. Placed by him to serve people. To train and equip the body of Christ. That the body of Christ might do the good work of making disciples in this community and in this world. You, Pastor Brett, are in the right place at the right time according to the will and the purposes of Almighty God. So this is a calling to a life of, of purpose. Purpose within the body of Christ and all of the purposes of the kingdom and it's a calling to serve within the framework of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. You are a credential holder with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada because you have applied to be. You have said, this Pentecostal family that ACC is aligned with is, is the place where I'm best aligned in terms of my understanding and experience with respect to theology and doctrine and lifestyle. There are standards within this Pentecostal family that I, that I align with and today you're about to become an ordained minister because of your choice, your application, your submission to the Lord and, and to the shared values of who we are as a Pentecostal family.
Pastor Brett, within the PAOC, we choose to love each other. We choose to respect each other. We choose to submit to each other. And we choose to support each other. Kingdom of God is a big place. The PAOC is a part of that big place. We're a part of what God's doing. But your credentialing is within the framework of that, of that family, the Pentecostal family, if you will, in the kingdom of God. And we're grateful. We're grateful that we can be a part of what God's doing together. We're not a perfect family. I don't know if there's such a thing as a perfect family. All families have their moments. All families have things they have to sort through and work through from time to time. And friends, I don't know how it is with your family, but in my family, we can go many weeks, even sometimes months, without having necessarily a lot of meaningful engagement. But when we get together, we're family. And we connect again. We get right back to where we were. And if we're in difficulty or distress or there's a problem or an illness, family sticks together. Amen. In John chapter 13, on the night before he was crucified, Jesus was gathered in the upper room with his disciples. In the culture of the day, if you entered someone's home, a servant would immediately offer to wash your feet before you would recline at the table and, uh, and, have, and have a meal. It would be as normal and natural as if you came to my home and I said, can I take your coat and I'll just hang it up here in the closet and then we'll go and we'll have our, our meal. It was that normal that a servant would wash people's feet because people were walking in the streets, walking in the dirt, the dust, and everything else that was in the streets. And so foot washing was just a basic, menial servant task. Well, in John chapter 13, there was no servant present because they were in an upper room that was borrowed for this last meal that Jesus was having with his disciples. And you may know the account of how they did not have their feet washed. They all had dirty feet, and they're gathered at the table. Jesus took that opportunity to redefine greatness and to redefine leadership. When in John 13, he disconnected it from a title or a position and he turned leadership into a function. Friends, leadership is a function. Leaders serve others. Leaders don't get served because they have a title like REV in front of their name. No. No, leaders serve others. And you may know something of the attitudes and opinions of all those disciples who were little bit on the arrogant side and all looking for positions in the kingdom and there was lots of discussion about who's going to get to do what when Jesus sets up the new world government. Jesus got up from the table in the midst of all of that and he took a basin of water and a towel and then he went around and he began to wash the feet of his disciples. And you can read about it in John 13 if, you, if you're not familiar with this. You can read about it in your own devotional time. 
about how some of the disciples said, no, no, Jesus, don't wash my feet. No, 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 you're the master, you're the Lord. He wanted them to understand, you want to be something in the kingdom? You want to make a difference in the lives of others? Then serve people. He redefined greatness. He redefined leadership when he served them. And then he basically said to them, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said to the men in that room, if I, as your master, can get down on my hands and knees and wash your feet to minister to you and serve you, don't you guys dare aspire to anything greater than that. Leading is about serving other people. That's Jesus' example. Pastor Brett, it's about you today. But it's also not about you today. It's actually about everybody else. And the fact that we're here to serve them, care for them, nurture them, train them, equip them, so they can go and be everything God has called them to be throughout this community of Aurora, this region, ultimately the world that we live in. We're proud of you, Pastor Brett. Your mom and dad are here. Other friends are here today. This is an ordination day for you. But see, Jesus has already been at work in your life. And by the time we get to today, we're acknowledging. We're acknowledging what the Lord has already done. Is that true? Would you just maybe express your appreciation for Pastor Brett as Pastor Wayne comes back? But we love you, buddy. for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.